Subscribe to The Open's official YouTube channel to enjoy the best video content from golf's original championship, including official films dating back to 1970, full final rounds from past Opens, a range of compilations showcasing memorable moments, highlights from the 150th Open, and much more. Subscribe today to ensure you don't miss a thing. You're listening to The Open Podcasts. Hello and welcome to the 150th show coming to you from the 150th Open at St Andrews. I'm Marcus Buckland and with an assortment of guests we'll be with you throughout the championship with daily podcasts released shortly after each day's play. Now we're currently by the first tee. You can probably tell that it's a little bit on the blustery side and we've just seen the likes of Bob McIntyre tee off at the start of their final practice round. It's sunny, it, it's pretty mild, but goodness me, when you feel the wind, you can appreciate the challenges that are coming the way of all these players. Alongside me is Sophie Walker, former pro on the Ladies European Tour, turned broadcaster and part of the Open Radio team here, and a man who finished tied for sixth at the 2017 Open at Royal Birkdale. He's also part of the Open Radio team this week. It is Matthew Southgate. Matt, first things first, what does the Open mean to you? Oh, it's a very special event for me, Marcus. I um, went to my first Open Championship in 99 at Carnoustie and um, was taken by my father to uh, every Open Championship up until playing my first one in 2014. So um, it's sort of part of our family, the Open, and um, always always look forward to such a great, great event, always the best venues, best players in the world. And to me, it's the, it's the absolute epiphany of, of golf, really. And of course, so this one's extra special because it's a centenary. It's the 150th. The good and the great have all congregated, haven't they? Yeah, well, I mean, we had to wait another year for it, but it was worth it. We're at the holy grail of golf now. Everybody's got a smile on their face. St Andrews, old course, it's never looked better. We've got so many people here already. The sun has behaved, but the Open Championship, best tournament in the world for me. And tell us about your own personal experiences of playing on the old course, Matt. Good times here? Yeah, I've had some good times here, yeah. Um, played a couple of times as an amateur and, and uh, managed to win here, won the St Andrews Lynx Trophy here in 2010, which was a bit out of the blue, really, for me. Uh, never really won a, a tournament that, of that sort of stature at that point in my career and uh, just started hitting some great shots that week and quite early into the tournament, I kind of got it in my head that I, that I could win. And... Um, at the back end of the tournament, I kind of got the attitude that I was a bit fed up with things not going my way and that I was just going to go out there and take the take the trophy. So it was a great place to obviously win and come up the, you know, where we're standing here looking down 18 and coming over to Swilcombe with a five-shot lead was quite nice. So, yeah, good memories being yeah, here. You cannot beat that, can you? Um, did it bring out the best in you, Soph? Well, I, I lost in a final here, actually, as an amateur in the under-23 uh, championship up at St Andrews. I got to play this place for five days running, 36 holes a day. And then my first Open Championship, Women's Open Championship, was at St Andrews. And that was something else. I still don't think I appreciated the significance of it, having a women's open here at St Andrews, that first one, and Lorena Ochoa winning and walking down that 18th with all the fans. There's just no better feeling. It's the best walk in golf. Well, you and I walked the course yesterday. Matt, you've had a good look as well. What have you made of what you've seen so far? Well, I've never seen St Andrews look so firm and fast. Um, seen other open venues on the rotor. 
uh, get into sort of similar conditions as this, but ne never the old, old call. So I think it's it's uh, it's bringing sort of a new a new sort of test that other players that maybe not seen in the past, um, which makes it interesting. You know, there's a, there's a lot of shorter holes here where people will be able to unleash the drives, and you'll see a lot of drives this week that end up over over 400 yards, which is quite amazing. And then. Uh, Obviously, the test of the greens being so firm is, is, is going to be difficult to get the approach shots close, which will then lead to a lot of long putts, which is something, it's a skill set that not many players get to use in regular weeks around the world. So it's a, it, will, it will be a great challenge for the players and, and it will really test the skill sets of, of everybody. Yeah, fast, firm, fairways. We were watching some of the players yesterday, the likes of Justin Thomas, Sophie, attempting all sorts of different shots from exactly the same position. That is part of the fascination this week, isn't it? Yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? He had a 40-yard chip shot to the par five. He, he hit five iron. So he said to me, I've hit driver, seven iron, five iron to this par five. Then he got the lob wedge out, which is what we would see him use all the time in America. And it didn't go as close as his chip and run five iron. That is what is going to be amazing about this. The imagination, the players always talk about that. But you're also going to see, like Matt said, one player take driver, say on the 16th and get near to the green. Another player lay miles back with something like a six iron because all they want to do is avoid these bunkers. Yeah. As far as the weather forecast is concerned, we think it's going to be largely dry. There will be a fairly steady breeze. Nothing major. Who knows what could happen? Who do you think, Matt, these conditions are going to favour? I think I think there's quite a lot of players in the field that, that have definitely got a chance of going well here. Um, like we just touched on there, with some, some players will use their, their length from the tee to make birdies. Others will, will rely on their short games and wedge games and um, it's going to be a very, very interesting championship, and I, I, I haven't seen many of the majors line up like this, where there's so many players that can win and contend in, in this tournament. So it's, uh, it's going to be a really interesting week, I, th I think, to, to watch on and see who comes out on top at the end. Well, we're going to have to speak in even more harsh tones because we've just been joined by royalty. Princess Anne is here. She is having a look. Um, well, she's being taken down the first fairway by the great and the good of the RNA. I mean, wherever you turn, there's either golfing royalty or, well, genuine royalty, Soph. Yeah, what an amazing sight. Princess Anne stood in front of the Royal and Ancient Clubhouse looking down at the first fairway. Chaperoned. But look at that. Nobody's even noticing her because everyone's looking at Dustin Johnson on the putting <laughs> green. Yeah, well, she's... Um, very infused, and she's getting a, a fantastic view of this extraordinary location. Just a, another little tick in the box for the 150th Open. Now, as far as some of the groupings that we're going to keep our eyes on, let's start, Matt, with the defending champion. Colin Morikawa begins his defence playing with Rory McIlroy and Xander Schauffele, who is, of course, in red-hot form at the moment. What are you expecting from Morikawa, who is obviously playing here for the very first time? I think I think Colin Morikawa has uh, shown us all over the last couple of years how how great he is with the with his iron game, um, and this place will lend him lend itself to Colin doing well with with it being so wide off the tee, and then you're going to have to be really accurate with those iron shots, and it, you know the fairways are firm to hit from, so that the ball striking will be essential, you know, to get the ball close to set up birdie chances. So I, I fancy that Morikawa could do a similar similar job to sort of like a Molinari at, at Carnoustie there in 2018 when it was it was so firm similar to this I think the, the ball striking will be will set him above the rest maybe not a bad little three ball is it Morikawa McElroy, Chauflay 
Sophie? Oh, it's like it's been fixed, isn't it? Um, all eyes will be on Rory McIlroy. You speak to any fan around St Andrews Town and they are all saying Rory to win. It's been a long time since he's won a major championship. But this course sets up well for him. It's normally a course where players like to go low and he will be the fans' favourite. The more I speak to people, the more I hear Jordan Spieth's name mentioned. Now, he's playing with John Rahm and Harold Varner the third. Why should we particularly like Spieth's chances this week, Matt? I think I think Jordan's always been, he's had that great mindset of, of a lot of the great champions over the years and, he, you know, multiple major winner, he's very good under pressure, he, his putting can really stand up and it gives him the opportunity to, to play the odd hole not so well but put, put his way out of jail at, at times and um, he's one of those big pressure players, you know, you put him, put him into those last games on Sunday and you fancy that he, he'll really contend and um, seeing him win it before, I think anyone who's won the Open in the last sort of five to ten years, you, you can't help but be excited about their, their chances. Of course, the one man who is being spoken about more than anybody else this week is Tiger Woods. We know what he's done here before. We don't know what he's still capable of, but that's one of the fascinations, again, of the next few days. He's playing with the US Open winner Matt Fitzpatrick and Max Homer. Realistically, Sophie, what should we expect from the 15-time major winner? Oh, well, heart over head, head over heart. I just want him to be here for all four rounds. Watching him walk down the 18th and seeing everybody stand up and applaud, in my opinion, the best golfer that has ever lived. He did bat down comments that he was going to retire. It's clearly that he's, he's not all as physically fit as he would like to be. He's had the car accidents, the injuries, and he's in his 40s. But I think... We need to hold on to Tiger Woods in the golf game as long as possible. Winning is, for me, out of the question, but he's proved us all wrong before. Well, of course, we know what he's done here before. Matt, purely in terms of the physical challenge, we know he's struggling a little bit, but if you could choose one course where perhaps it's not going to be as tough as others, would it be St Andrews? Yeah, definitely be up there, uh, Marcus. It's, it's such a flat golf course. Um, it's not a very difficult walk around here at all for Tiger. And... Uh, also, we're expecting the pace of play to be extremely slow with uh, some of these greens being drivable for a lot of players. There's, there's very likely to be a long, long periods of time waiting around to, for the game in front to clear the hole, which will give, which will give Tiger a, a good chance to just sort of stroll around at his own pace and not be forced to play, play any quicker or walk any quicker. And I think, I think that will definitely help him. And his determination to be here was so very evident. He made it clear at Augusta that this is what he was setting his sights on. Part of the Champions Dinner, which they had on Tuesday evening. I mean, everything has been geared up to have the good and the great here, as we've seen. He's top of that list. It would almost be fitting, wouldn't it, if he could at least be walking up the 18th in a few days' time as a contender? Oh, wouldn't it just? This is Tiger Woods' favourite golf course on the planet. It's his happy place. I think the significance is Jack Nicholas has won here. And when you look at what Tiger wants to do, he wants to beat all of Jack's records. This will still be that, can I get another Open at St Andrews like Jack does? I can see in later years him doing the retirement walk down the 18th like Jack Nicholas did. The significance of him being here at the 150th Open, it makes this tournament the biggest one ever. Just a reminder, you can hear our more in-depth preview of the runners and riders, plus a study of all 18 holes of the course. Just look for the 150th show in the Open podcasts. The moments, the memories, the chance to be there. Apply now for tickets for the 151st Open, Royal Liverpool 2023. Head over to theopen.com. Ticket ballot closes on Wednesday the 20th of July.
Well, just about to tee off now on the first is Harold Varner the Why third. Why are you whispering? Well, I'm on a golf it's course. Blowing a hundred. <laughs> Speak up. You're good. Well, here we are on the first tee. I can't do that. It's a golf course. I'm worried that someone's going to shout at me. Sophie's got a microphone in front of Harold's awesome. face. So um, what are you looking for in this final practice round? Uh, I need to beat DJ. I've played with him since last Thursday, and he's beaten me every, not every time. We tied once. I beat him once, but... He's got my money, so uh, just looking forward to beating him. I'm ready to go. I don't tee off till three something, so I think we're just kind of going through the motions, just trying to stay sharp and stay fresh. So you and DJ have a very healthy competitive streak, do you? Right now we do. Well, it depends on he does. He's winning, so <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you consider it healthy when you're losing. Well, you've always got time to put things right. And in terms of the conditions today and the course, what are you most looking forward to and what's going to be the, the toughest challenge for you, do you think? Um, just being patient. You know, the tee times for me is just 3 o'clock is going to be a long wait, but I'll be, I'll be ready to go. Do you naturally like Lynx golf? We don't get to play it much, so I think I've gotten really used to it. I went to Dublin last week and played a little bit, so just I'm comfortable now. Usually I come over and we, you know, we've been playing everything. You fly it to the hole, spin it back, and then you come here and it just you're not ready. So, uh, yeah, just super excited about the opportunity more than anything. And you're used to playing in a lot of big events, of course, but how much of an extra buzz do you feel because it's the 150th Open and there is so much attention being placed on this whole event? So I'm not big on uh, the history and all that stuff, but I think it's pretty cool it's at St. Andrews. Like, you know, I just like seeing people come out and have fun. Um, a guy from my club's here. So I went and saw him yesterday. So things like that matter a lot to me, you know, being so far away and seeing some people you know and you haven't seen in a while. So, yeah, it's good. And the town's fun. I mean, I guess it's been there forever too, but I had a good time. <laughs> yeah, it has been. And what about this wind? It's, uh, it might play a little part, mightn't it? We'll see. Depends on what DJ does. Best of luck. Thanks for talking to us. Thank you. We've got Will Torres who is actually playing up the 18th. And... Someone just shouted out 50 pounds if you can hold this chip. So let's see if he can do it. It's on its way. It's um, a of drops of rain fall in there. Well, this looks close, Matt. This looks close. Oh, I was just waiting for that last little roll, such as the one Sevy got on that green back in 1984. But it's a, it's a hubbub of activity here. We better move back just a little bit. Um, Matt, Harold didn't give us too much away, but what are the players looking for in particular come this final practice round? I think uh, now that it's the day before the tournament, you're, you're very much looking at how much the ball will bounce and, and release into the wind, down the wind. Um, they might they might have some spots out on the greens uh, indicating where the pin positions will be tomorrow. So maybe a few putts around uh, the close proximity of where that hole will be tomorrow and make, make a few last notes. And, and I think through the previous days, players may have a few question marks over certain tee shots, certain second shots, a bit of strategy and the last the finishing touches is just to go and make sure that when you get in bed tonight, you really know what your game plan is and, and you haven't left a stone unturned. And how about the tee times? Because Harold was saying that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay as chilled as possible. It can make a huge difference. Obviously, what was your philosophy, Sophie, when it came to that? I liked late early because then you don't, you're not sleeping on it. So you just get out there, do two rounds really quickly. For me, I was quite used to those late tea times on Thursday and Friday. Um, quite often I had to qualify for the Open, so that can be the case. It's part of it. You turn the television on in the morning, turn the radio on, have a listen, have a watch, look at some pin positions. You have to conserve your energy physically and mentally because you're actually not going to work until two o'clock, really, and you'll be out there for another six hours, I would say. Well, Harold is poised to tee off DJ's in position as well which is why we are going to start whispering again 
Now, Matt, talk us through this guy's swing. What do you like about it? Well, he's very, very strong over the ball. He almost, he's got the stature of a little rugby player in there. He's, uh, he's got a short, brisk sort of swing, some sort of utility wood that he's hit down there, which is, wouldn't be my choice when it's this windy, to be honest. I'd be more likely to get the two or the three iron out, but each to their own. And it was lovely talking to him there. He seemed very relaxed. And I, I'm not sure that, that, was, that wasn't put on at all. I think that's just his, his natural persona. And he's uh, very much looking forward to taking on DJ today. Yeah, well, it's DJ's turn now. Do you think he's going to be in the thick of things come Sunday? I absolutely think that DJ has a chance to do that as well. And um, he's, he's got so much experience as well in these big tournaments, Ryder Cups and previous majors. And he's, he's won at similar venues to this. And, uh, you know, you never put it past someone like DJ. A good performance and he can be right there in, in any event he plays. And what about this swing? Well, it's that famous, that fam famous move with the cup wrist at the top. That looked like a three with there. And... Uh, again, every player will be choosing a slightly different club set up this week to, to suit this golf course as well as they can. The third member of the three ball here is Keegan Bradley, who's rediscovered some good form of late as well, hasn't he? Yeah, nice to see Keegan playing better. He's, he's worked so hard at his game over the years and um, you know, always into, he stutters quite a lot uh, into the shot. But that looked nice from Keegan because he's just got the ball straight on the tee peg, no messing around and ripped that straight down the middle. So it was nice to see him there, not take too long. Interesting there, isn't it? Three players, three different clubs. Hybrid, fairway wood and two iron. Well, DJ's having another go now. With Giving himself the yeah, option. With a ball flight that is no higher than my head. He's just hit the stinger down the first at I the imagine, old course. I imagine that would be DJ trying to lay a shot slightly further back just in case that they cut this pin on the first close to the burn at the front there just to make sure that you're not too close to the green so that you can then create enough spin with the second shot to still get close. So all the, all the little chess moves that they're trying out. Well, Harold, DJ and Keegan are marching down the first fairway. We've all been here for a couple of days now. The Open already feels very special, doesn't it? And the week really began with a bang in the form of the celebration of champions. The likes of Lee Trevino, so Nick Faldo, Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods were joined by Women's Open winners, including Georgia Hall, amateur champions and disability golfers for a four-hole challenge on the old course. Few players, as Sophie mentioned, have mastered this place like Jack Nicklaus, winner here in 1970 and 1978. Jack was in attendance on Monday when he spoke with the Open Radio's Alison Walker. Today's a great day for everybody to see all the old champions play i wish i could have played but i can't walk five hole. i can't i can't walk a hole but anyway that's that's all right but uh, uh it's nice to be here nice to see the guys on the first tee and here on the 18th green and say hello and uh be here tomorrow for, for their honoring me at the city and uh uh be at the champions dinner and then I'm, then I'm out of here. I'm going to let him go play golf. Yeah, honouring you with the, the, the city. I mean, uh, re your reaction to that. Well, yeah, I, I sort of uh, tried to end my career in, in golf and, and anything to do with it at St. Andrews in 2005. And uh, I, I didn't come back in 2010 or didn't come back in 15 uh, because I, wanted, I said I've ended my career here. And then when they uh, gave me the honorary citizen i couldn't turn that down not only two americans have ever been honored with that and uh, uh there's no reason in the world to turn it down uh it's a great honor and i'm uh, you know just thrilled to be here and i'm nice to be back here on this on this hallowed ground and you're with some old friends like lee trevino and gary player as well and exchanging some some chats on the first tee with with, with lee you, you you guys go back such a long well, way you, you don't exchange chat with lee <laughs> you listen <laughs> <laughs> That's what Tiger was saying to me. He says, 
does he ever shut up? And I said, no, of course he doesn't shut up. He says he just talks constantly. One, one, he said, I, I don't know if I'm tired of ever, ever played with him, but he, he said he'll get an earful of him in four holes. But you I, like his stories, right? Well, Lee, I, I love Lee. Lee's a wonderful guy. And, uh, but I, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy him a lot, but it's, uh, you know, playing golf with him is tough. It really is. You've got so much from this game, but you've also given so much back to this game. What, what are your thoughts overall about, about, about today and, and, and this championship? Well, I love, I love the Open Championship and uh, played, I played eight of them. So I, I played, played it quite a bit and uh, I enjoyed every one of them. Some of them I didn't play very well, some of them I did, but uh, you know, I had enough uh, great experiences that uh, it's been, it's been a, 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 a great ride. Well, what a celebration that was. We had fantastic access to all these players afterwards. And, and you could tell that they want to be here. They want to enjoy this as much as possible. It is a celebration. And goodness me, they were celebrating big time, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you can see how special it is to those great champions. And it's they're, they're part of St Andrews as much as St, St Andrews is part of their lives and part of their achievement and careers. And um, you can just see how much it, it means to everybody to be here. And it's so, so lovely to see the RNA put on such a great event there for the, for the champions to come and play those four holes and, and be part of this Open Championship, which is really lovely to see. OK, here's a question for both of you. Which Open Champion would you most like to play around with? So, uh, mine would be Tiger Woods, and I'm actually stood next to Max Homer, and I reckon he would say exactly the same. There's not a person on this golf course that wouldn't want to play around a round of golf with Tiger Woods. Does he get your vote as well, Matt? No, mine would have to be one of the old school players. I go for Tom Watson. Middle name's Tom, dad's favourite player, so I couldn't, ah. couldn't pass up the opportunity to play with Tom. And I'd probably go for Carnoustie as well if I'm allowed to choose the venue. And of course, Tom proved a few years back that age is no boundary when it comes to almost winning. And open. Absolutely, links golf can be like a big game of chess at times, and and some of the older, wiser, more experienced players, you know, they show that they can they can stand up and, and still compete when it when it's like that. Well, Princess Anne has just reappeared. She is now walking down the first fairway, so hopefully Max Homer is not going to tee off just yet. But Sophie is lurking. She's really good. She's going to see if she can get a word. I'm going to just ask Max Maybe. Homer if he knows who stood there. Max, do you realise who is down the right hand side of this first fairway? This is royalty, Princess Anne. He's Am. looking for Tiger. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not Tiger Woods. Do you want to come over and have a little chat just before you go out? Do you want to come over and have a little chat before you go out? Yeah, she's persistent as yeah. our Sophie. You well, could be a very good they, production manager, floor manager if necessary. Yeah, when they ask for royalty, it is normally golfing royalty. So here we are, here's Max Homer. Is your first time at St Andrews, Max? Yeah, yeah, first time. And how are you finding it? It's pretty amazing. Uh, the whole town is cool, but the golf course is tremendous. Have you ever seen a golf course so brown and running so fast? Uh, probably not. Uh, it was quite firm last week at Re uh, Renaissance Club, but this this is even a little bit firmer. It's it's fun. The ball on the ground it can roll forever. So tell me, have you played any like chip and runs with five irons? We saw Justin Thomas yesterday he had a five iron chip and run. Are you trying that, or is it all about the lob wedge? I'm trying that. I actually been putting quite a bit more than using like a five or four iron. Um, I was hitting some from much, way short of 18 yesterday. Uh, you know, 40 yard putts. Um, but yeah, it's funny, you play a completely different game over here than you than you would back, you know, where I live in Arizona. And tell me, what does the Open mean to you? You know, last year was my first one I got to play in, and there was something about walking up 18 on Sunday that was more special than probably anything I had done in golf. So, um, and, and if you add the fact 
that I like the style of play so much over here. Uh, this is, it quickly became my favorite uh, event and experience. It was such a blast to come over and get out of our normal element and uh, play, you know, proper golf, as people say. And how have your preparations been so far? And what are you looking for in particular in this practice round now? Yeah, um, today we'll be kind of, we, we've played the front once, played the back once. I'm going to walk the back later to get lines, but this will just be to continue. I think playing last week, I'm comfortable with the winds, I'm comfortable with the clubs, and I'm comfortable with the ball on the ground. Uh, just continuing to get lines uh, off the tees. They have a lot of hidden bunkers out here, and it's a little confusing. So just kind of get more and more sh uh, assured of where we're going. Well, we'll let you get back to work. Please try not to hit Princess Anne on the head, though. Yeah, that is, uh, I will go straight to jail, so I'll keep it left. <laughs> Brilliant. Max, thank you very much. Good luck. Thank you very much. Okay, yeah, he's, uh, his main requirement is not to hit Princess Anne, but I'm adding him to my list. We've got a list of about 84 possible winners. No reason why Max shouldn't be amongst those, is there, Matt? No, absolutely not. And he, he showed some great signs last week at the Renaissance Club in the, in the Scottish Open there. I, uh, seem to remember him having a couple of good runs of, of birdies there and it, and it really wasn't easy there last week in the wind so I'd imagine that'll stand him in good stead and, and hopefully uh, hopefully that's something we see a lot more of the PGA Tour players do in the future come and play in the Scottish Open the week before. Absolutely. Well, one of the unique things about the Open is that among a field that features the likes of Tiger, Rory McIlroy, Max Homer and world number one Scotty Scheffler, there's also 16 players who came through final qualifying at the end of last month. And Matt, I have to apologize. I know this is a slightly sore subject. You were so close. Can you just talk us through what happened? Well, yeah, I had a, had a great day there at Prince's, uh, the final qualifying, and uh, there were four spots available. Um, I finished on the front nine and uh, walked past the leaderboard after the seventh, looked up on the board and, and saw that I needed one birdie to get a playoff, two birdies to qualify. Managed to get a birdie on the eighth, uh, hit two great shots into the ninth to about three and a half feet. Hit a great putt, but I'd obviously misread it or, or it bobbled somehow, but it, it lipped out and it was, it was, I was shell-shocked to be honest and then had to wait around a little while for a five-man playoff for one spot and um, the guy that qualified made a great birdie and, and that was history really, but I, I gave it my all and I intend to do so every year that I have the capability of, of going to the qualifying because it's, it's such a great thing to be part of, you know, and having played four of them, I think it makes it even worse, you know, because you know what you're missing out on. Well, the consolation is that we've got you as part of our team, but for those who do make it, Sophie, this is a dream come true. And would it be fair to say that perhaps at St Andrews, you've got more of a chance to make a mark as a qualifier than on most of the other open roaded courses? I think this golf course is one that doesn't suit a certain type of golfer, so I'd agree in that respect. And you can play it however you want to. When you qualify for the Open, what the one thing you've got to try and do is get into golf mode. You know, you're here. It's not, it's not here to make up the numbers. You have an opportunity to have a really good week. Look what happened to Matt when he played. He took the opportunity of quali qualifying. It's not, not winning the Open. You know, you've got to come here and look around, take it all in, but go back to nobody knows. Nobody knows you. That's fine. But you could have that one week which changes your life forever. And that's what these qualifiers have got to think. Yeah. And if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Matt Ford topped the leaderboard at Princess. He's playing in his first Open at the age of 44. Yeah, amazing. Played a lot of golf with Matt Ford over the years. Lovely guy. Very, very hard worker. And it's so lovely to see those stories. And, you know, Rob Dinwiddie, another one. And it's just great 
it gives everybody, I think, the, the, the avid golf lover that hope that, and dreams that, that that can happen and it can happen. And the kids that are listening to this, you know, if your dreams to play in the Open, you go and peg it up every year at that Open qualifying because you just never know what it's gonna what's going to come up. Yeah, absolutely. Another contender is Alex Wrigley, who you know pretty well, Sophie, don't you? I do know well, yeah. I've played golf with his now wife and now I, I talk about Joanna Gustafsson on the LET. She's having some season and so is Alex. Alex coaches her, but he's a pretty good player as well qualified down the road actually at Fairmont and he'll be teeing it up in the open. Mm. Hear the ball strike in the background there and that was Max Homer whistling a long iron down the first and I'm pleased to say that he did manage to miss Princess Anne down that right hand side. <laughs> yes it won't be a case of off with his head but in terms of couples playing in the same event in the same year um, because Joanna's got the exemption into the AIG Women's Opening. I don't suppose that's happened too many times before, Soap, has it? We've checked the history books as much as we can, and I don't believe there has been a husband and wife playing both of the Open. So it's going to be some summer for those two. And if you want to chart their journey, you can. Just check out Qualifying for the Open. It's a series on the Open podcast hosted by Peter Finch, and it's a fantastic listen. We're continuing just to... Look, listen, watch and learn and try and come up with some really sensible predictions. So first of all, what do you think a winning score is going to be this week, Matt? Late teens, I think. Something in the high, high teens up there, sort of 18, 19 under, I think is a probably pretty good starting point. If the weather is, is kind, they could get into the 20s. And if it, and if it gets windy as it, as it can at St Andrews in maybe maybe sort of mid-teens but definitely double figures under par for me. Sophie do you agree with that? Yeah I would the last three open championships that have been here have been won with anything between 14 under and 19 under par so history suggests that Matt's right. And who is going to be lifting the claret jug come Sunday afternoon? Well, you speak to anybody and they all say different names. That's the thing. So I've, I've stuck with Justin Thomas. Obviously, he's won a major this year. I watched him yesterday, me and you, Marcus. We walked out on the golf course and he just looks to be embracing the challenge of it all. And I think now he's captured that second major championship. He's got the monkey off his back and he's ready to win a few more. OK, JT for Sophie and for Matt, after much prognosis, it will be... I quite like the idea of Gary Woodland winning, but I wouldn't be surprised if the golfing gods have got a, a little twist in the in the plot here to to throw in some someone unexpected you know there could be a fairy tale I think it, it really could be anybody yeah okay fair enough only time will tell Matt Sophie thank you very much indeed uh, we will be part of the open radio team bringing you coverage throughout all four days Paul Laurie will hit the first shot of the 150th open we'll be on air to bring you that and everything that follows from 6:30 in the morning on Thursday you can listen via the official open app or on the open there will also be a daily podcast that will look back on each day's play, so make sure you subscribe to the Open Podcasts. Well, everything has led to this. The 150th Open is a matter of hours away. I hope you're excited. We certainly are. For now, from me, Marcus Buckland, and all the team, it's goodbye. Experience Royal Troon like never before with Origins Premium Experiences at the 152nd Open. With unrivaled on-course views of the action, fully inclusive dining and drinks and world-class service, you and your guests will leave with memories that will last a lifetime. Oh, that's just unbelievable. Origins Premium Experiences are now on sale at theopen.com forward slash hospitality. This has been an original audio production from The Open.